Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema, the podcast that has it all going on today. We had somebody rushing back from Plymouth to catch a ferry so they could be on the podcast. We had somebody going for a walk and just about getting in. We had somebody whose afternoon totally got turned upside down because of childcare issues. And therefore, we have an extra host on the podcast tonight. My name is Tosin. I am the host and I will be taking you through the next hour when we go through things that we have seen at the cinema recently, weigh them up through things that we have seen at home recently, weigh them all out of five and see where our money has been better spent this week. Joining me on the Isle of Wight, as always, is Sharon Bolland. Hello. The woman who will not see anything animated no matter how much you pay her, beg her, or drag her. And Sean Harris. Sean Harris. And I'm actually, I'm actually in Bournemouth today i'm actually in bournemouth today okay okay sure the the man the man who didn't have to catch a ferry because he went back to bournemouth today is in bournemouth and this is the man who will see everything you don't have to pay him because we definitely don't (laughs) we definitely don't so we don't have to pay him so this week in the cinemas what have we seen sam i've only seen one I was planning to see fire starter but because the weather was so nice we decided to go for a walk instead Mm. So I have seen Father Stew. Father Ooh. Stew. I looked. I looked at Father Stew. Looked at Father Stew, and I'm not sure it's going to be my my type of thing. But I probably will end up seeing it. I shall. I shall rely on your uh, review, Sharon. Yeah. See, another thing. I saw Father Stew on my. Um... Like I, saw, I saw that it was it was released. I wasn't actually sure whether it was in cinemas or whether it was just on TV. And I looked at it and I kind of went, I feel like I know the whole story anyway, just from the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> and, I did see the trailer. <laughs> yeah, and so so okay. So what have we seen at home? Okay, well I've seen without remorse, um, without Amazon, remorse. An, Amazon, an Amazon original Tom Clancy mm-hmm. adaptation. Yep. Yeah. And I've seen at the cinema. I've I have seen Firestarter. Okay. And With... everything everywhere as well. But then I think we've we've all seen that now, haven't we? I don't think Sharon. I don't think you've seen everything oh. everywhere. Okay. Uh, yeah, but I I have seen every. To give it its full title, everything everywhere all at once. So all right, and um, let's see. So you saw without remorse at home, Sharon. What did you see at home? At home, I've seen two things. I on Amazon Prime, I saw the series, The Outer Range. Oh yeah. Ooh. Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin and a Western oh. with what looks like alieny things. Yeah, and a big hole in the prairie. And yep. I've seen on Sky a film I missed at the cinema called Last Letter from Your Lover. Oh, Last yes. Letter from Your Lover. All right, if if I may, I'm going to use my editorial powers yes. and say, can we have something on, uh, can we have Outer Range, please? Yeah. We, we bring Outer Range up and we can have a little bit of a, uh, uh, you know, thing, one minute thing about Last Letter to Your Lover. And I saw a film that I've been trying to talk about for weeks but keep getting sidetracked. It's Freaks on mm-hmm. Netflix. A film called Freak on, Freaks on Netflix. Uh, right, cool. So let us kick off. Let us kick off first and foremost with, I think because of the big film that was around last week, which was Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, and we mentioned that we think, well, I thought anyway, that it was absolutely genius programming to release this film in this country the week after Doctor Strange because this has been out in America since last year. But we're only just getting it now. And I think the people who released it, they might... 
I have a I have a suspicion that they heard some preview stuff about Doctor Strange and they went, yeah, this is this is going to be a good. This, be a good <laughs> this is the time. This, this is the time to do it. This is the time to do it. And so the week after we have one big massive multiversal movie, we have another big massive multiversal movie. This stars Michelle Yeoh and you, you meet Michelle Yeoh and she's a lady called Evelyn. She is uh, sort of. Um, She's an immigrant into the UK, into the United States. They never say where, but she does speak Chinese. They don't say where she comes from, but she does speak Chinese. Her and her husband, Waymond, who is paid, who is played by K. Hugh Kwan, who you might remember from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and the oh. Goonies. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was so cool. I had a, I had a, I had quite. It was quite an affecting interview I heard with him that he did with Empire Magazine for their podcast, and he, where he was talking about the fact that people are like, "Where have you been for thirty-eight years?" And he was like, well, after the Goonies and Indiana Jones, he had no roles. There were no roles for an Asian actor. There was nothing that he could find. So he quit acting because he just couldn't find anything and he couldn't get any roles. And it's like, and now at the age of 50, he's kind of finally admitted himself that he really does love acting and he's come back in and this is the first thing he's in. And for, for him, he thought it was like an absolute good. But anyway, anyway, that is like an emotional reason. Okay, fine. We'll get you some more food. That is an emotional reason to like this film even uh, to like this film already. That the fact that it brings us back data and short round, like to who who I don't know about you, Sean, but I feel like he hasn't changed that much. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I guess I guess so. Yeah, that's, he hasn't really. It's yeah. it's quite amusing actually. But, yeah, uh, it, it, he hasn't changed up because you look at him, but you can still see you can still see data in short round in him, even though the, <laughs> even though the man is fifty. So yeah, so they own uh they own a laundromat somewhere in the states, and the film kicks off with this sequence where she's doing her taxes. She's doing her taxes. Her father has flown over from I don't think I don't think they ever mention it, but it's kind of intimated that it's China. Her father's flown over from China. It's going to be Chinese New Year. She's trying to organize a Chinese New Year party in the laundromat. She has um, customers who are yelling and screaming and saying, where are my clothes? She <laughs> And all these things. And it has this first, I think the first 10 minutes or so, just sort of ratchet up tension, a ratchet up the tension. Ratchet, there's an audit that's coming up and they think that the person who's going to audit the laundromat and audit the business doesn't really like Chinese people. So they're not entirely, <laughs> they're not entirely sure. And it just comes up as this sort of like tension builder, tension builder, tension builder. The first 10 minutes of it are extremely tension filled. Then when they are going to the audit office, oh, you're also introduced to her daughter. You're introduced to her daughter. Her daughter is in a same-sex relationship and the daughter wants to tell the grandfather and she's like, no, you can't tell the... So she has all these things on her plate. She has everything on her plate. And this is really well communicated that her life is stressful. Her life is stressful and it's just it just keeps going and going and then in the way when they are going to the audit office to get audited by an auditor played by jamie lee curtis all of a sudden something happens and her husband seems to change and then he comes up he comes up and he becomes like this action star and he tells her look this is going to happen here's a list of instructions blah blah blah, blah. do this and he just tells her all these things and she's like maywin what's up with you what what's going on with you and it turns out that he tells her this story about how he is from another universe and he has just transferred into like um into her husband that this is not her husband it's like i am not your husband i'm from another universe you are our last hope to defend to to beat the multiverse because there's this thing called jobutopaki that's trying to take over the entire multiverse and trying to destroy everything you are our last hope and there's a bit then he gives out a, a, a series of instructions and the the last thing on there is don't forget to breathe and <laughs> 
And I read somewhere that that is like an instruction to the audience. Don't forget to breathe. Because at that point, after the don't forget to breathe moment, the film goes crazy. The, the film goes crazy. It goes into the multiverse. There's all sorts of stuff that happens. And I think there's so much stuff that happens in this film that I could tell you some of the things that happen. And it wouldn't really be a spoiler because you wouldn't have a clue how this fits into the story whatsoever. <laughs> Let's just say that there's a scene in which somebody gets bitten to death with two dildos. But... <laughs> but, but it, for Blinter Eyes then. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I know, I know, I know, and and it's not it's not even necessarily the most crazy the crazy thing, but this film takes the idea of the multiverse and has a lot of fun with it. So I think that's what I'm going to say as a setup for what this film is about. Sean, what did you think of Everything Everywhere All at Once? Yeah, it was. Uh, I thought it was. Um, yeah, it was pretty crazy, eh? Pretty crazy. Um, yep, I thought that... Michelle Yeoh did a did a really good job of the the different characters. Excellent job, actually, more than. Because I can find sometimes she can get on my nerves a little bit. I think, uh, you know, like Crazy Rich Asians and films like that. And yeah. she's very much, but she showed her real versatility in this, I think, to play. Yeah. Because obviously, in each universe, the, the, the people that live in our universe, if you like, live in all these other different universes, but they follow different paths. Yeah. And basically, you know, it's like, oh, I could have been this, I could have been a film yeah, star, so, I could have been yeah. a politician, I could have been president, it, it, I could have been... It, 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 all, it all falls, it all falls on, on, on decisions people make. So it's like, okay, yes. you decided to stay at home. That's one universe. You decided to go to, you decided to go with this guy. That's another universe. And like different paths that they end up, that they, they, they end up on, yeah. Who's, who's the actress that plays the, the bad one? Or the, you know... The, oh, the, the, oh, okay, the, oh, okay. Oh, plays oh, Joe Butopaki. Yes. That yeah, is I don't a, want to that, give away with what. Yeah, yeah, what, yeah. Uh, I know. But, yeah, I know. But, I know. Um, I know what I you're aiming at. Because I really, I thought she was great. Yeah, Stephanie Sue. I reckon Ste she was. I because to yeah. start off with, I was like, but no, I, I, I was really impressed with with her. her yeah. Perform. Yeah, she, she's she's really good. I've only ever seen her in the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I've seen her right. in Marvelous. That's the only thing I've ever seen her before in, and she's yeah. she's brilliant in that. But yeah, Stephanie Sue, she's 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 quite good. Sue spelled yeah. H S U. But I, from from having friends who have names spelt like that, Chinese friends who have names, I know that the H is kind of silent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like I remember having a friend called Si Xing, and I spent ages trying to pronounce it. I'm going, Si, and they're like, <laughs> and they're like, no, no, you you sound weird. It's Si. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but yeah. my feelings on the film, not I mean I might talk too much because you're talking about it, but yeah, I mean, it was pretty much all over the place. Um, but I think it sort of worked sort of work i sort of yeah. enjoyed it you know it yeah. was like i wasn't sure i was going to and jamie lee curtis as well what a, what a <laughs> scream what a, what a scream yeah brilliant fair play to her you know yeah hot, yeah. hot, hot dogs and everything you know oh good uh, lord hot, the hot dog, the <laughs> hot dog bit, fingers that bit i found a bit um i don't know what weird about taste or whatever but you know, the, the thing is, I found, I found that bit that bit weird, but it's supposed to be weird. So the idea is that the more Evelyn experiences the multiverse, the more she realizes that if there is a concept that she can think of, there's a universe in which it exists. <laughs> and, and and one of the one of the universes that she thinks of is one where people have hot dogs for fingers. So so yeah, it, it's it's it, it, it won't make sense. It, thinks, it won't make sense until you see the film, and even then, it might not make sense. So, <laughs> <laughs> even after you see the film, it, it might not make sense. But it's, um, so with that, I think obviously there is the 
elephant in the room, which is we've already had one multiverse movie. Mm. Everybody is going to be comparing that multiverse movie to this one, saying which one is better. Uh, first of all, I would say that I was shocked at how many concepts of the multiverse carried over between the two films. Like there's yes. there's something yeah. that's a key concept in the Doctor Strange film that ends up being a key concept in this film, without which this film doesn't really work. And I was kind of like, <laughs> I was like. It made me go, hang on, is this like a common thing in multiverse lore or multiverse fiction that I have just missed? Because I didn't know this was a thing. <laughs> I didn't know this was... But it's like, but it's in both... I was kind of like, this is really... It's kind of as if they may have read that script and they have gone, all right, cool. We are going to make a multiverse movie, but without the need to tie into anything else, without the need to be commercial, without the need to make this big thing. So they, they almost make a whole bunch of little films within this one film. Like one of the universes that they have, I've never seen a Wong Kar Wai film, but from the little I've seen, there's one of the universes that they're in that looks like it would like a Wong Kar Wai film. The 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 document, I mean not the documentary, the the dialogue, everything like that. It's it's like. You could sh I could show you a scene from that from that section of the film, show you scenes from the other sections of the film, and it's like mm, you would think there were two different films. They have the same actors in them, apart from that, you think there were two different films. And I and I think it's it does a whole bunch of philosophical things as to saying if if um let, let's say for so if you made a, a choice and one choice ended up in one universe and another choice ended up in another universe, does anything you do matter then? If you have a choice, does it matter because there's, that universe is still going to exist somewhere, and it, it goes a bit philosophical. There's a bit with rocks. What? Yeah, that's a, that was bizarre. There's a bit with rocks. That was bizarre. Like, <laughs> there, yeah, there, okay. a, that was random. That was a, so random. There, there was a bit where there's a bit where they where they emulate um 2001, the beginning of 2001, yeah. to explain why people <laughs> have hot dog fingers. That, yeah. So. You, you, you can, <laughs> And I think the, the directors of this film, they're called Daniels because it's Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert. And they, their previous film was a film called Swiss Army Man. It's the film you might know as the one that stars Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter himself, as a farting corpse. So, so they have a weird out there sensibility. And they said that in this film, I think they've been given a bigger budget. And thought, Let's just do it. Let's just throw everything in there. It's the multiverse. Therefore, any idea we want, we can throw it at the screen. And the... The funny thing is how they managed to pull it back a bit towards the end to something that is vaguely coherent, something that mm -hmm. actually where it's all this it's it's all this big multiversal madness. You're going in there and you're doing all these different things, and you have a hand. You have one universe that's rocks, and you have one universe where everybody has uh, things for fingers, and you have one universe that's post-apocalyptic, and you can go into this thing, and you can all of a sudden be, and there's there's serious elements of the Matrix in here. There's at least there's, I'm, there's, I'm sure there's a lot of nods to other films that if you watch them again, massive, you could, you could, yeah. there must be massive, massive. There must amounts. be a massive amount of nods to other films, but there's some some bits that are very, very obviously Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> and and Bill like and the, Ted, Bill and Ted, I'm sure is in there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, like, and so you you yeah. have all these things, and then after all this mad, and then they put the philosophy in there, and after all that, it comes down to it, and it's actually a family drama. <laughs> and and the, and the fact that they might to bring it back to a family drama, it it re, it needs it needs to be acknowledged. It needs to be acknowledged that they pull off something crazy here. I don't think that they were trying to make something that was too commercial, even though it's done very very well. I think mostly because of this comparison, 
um, between Doctor Strange and everything everywhere all at once. So I really liked it. However, I am not as... Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's all random. It's all brilliant. As most people who are talking about it. And I would give it a three. Well, Tozin, as much as I thought it was okay, uh, I did have... I mean, there was a couple of times when it... Uh, I don't know what the word is, whether it was cliched or what. But there was a few moments that I... I found myself getting a little bit like, oh, come on, let's go. Let's go. Let's move on a bit. Move yeah, on yeah. a bit. Same so way. on the whole, on the whole, thinking about it, I would probably agree with you totally that it's a, it's a three star film for me. Yeah. You know, it was great. It had some terrific elements. It had some terrific acting, terrific um, scenery, lovely, lovely scenery. But yeah, for me, it gets a, gets a three as well. Yeah. And, and the best Michelle Yeoh performance that we've seen. Yes. Like, yes I think I out, outside of, outside of, Asian cinema, outside mm. of Hong Kong cinema, Perhaps, the, yeah. yeah, the best Michelle Yeoh performance we've seen yeah. is the best thing, I, I, best thing that she's done in English, because because um, as you were saying, with all the other roles that she usually gets, um, like you know, you're talking about Crazy Rich Asians. I mean, she is playing an archetype. She's playing yes. the tiger yes. mother. She's playing the kick-ass Chinese agent. She's playing all, all the, but in this one, she's playing a character. That, yeah. that actually has an arc and and it's and you think oh man they should give michelle Yeoh more stuff like this to do <laughs> but yeah but i agree uh yeah obviously i agree with you shauna because i, I already said it I, th I think it's a three-star film because it's yes. crazy it's all over the place but there's some there are points at which the craziness does get to you the, yes. uh, like i think for me it got to me and i was like okay for goodness sake settle down and tell me something that i can rely on that to move the story forward stop just throwing stuff at the screen it's great the action is amazing I love, there's bits where K. Hugh Kwan totally and I was looking I was looking going he looks like Jackie Chan like the this is where he looks like Jackie Chan like around about the Operation Condor era Operation Condor yeah, Jackie yeah. Chan with the sort of like you know the the waist belt and everything like that I was like yeah. good lord as look. I say I found the I found the uh, yeah the substitute nunchuck films a bit uh, sort of unnecessary just for laughs and you know so that was uh Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. don't think that. I think that was a little bit. I, I, that was that, probably a bit in bad taste. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 bit was kind of like it. It was. It was unnecessary. If, well, you could say unnecessary, but you could also say that these guys have committed to making something random, and so they yeah, went yeah, random. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and so they went random. All right, cool. So now we are going to go away from cinema. We're going to go over to our home view in vain. And Sharon, you are going to talk to us about Outer Range. Uh, uh, so, uh, Outer Range starring Josh Brolin as a grizzled cowboy. And I think we can guarantee that in this particular TV show presentation, we are not going to hear one word of somebody beating to death somebody else with a sex toy. <laughs> I had to think then because there's all sorts of random things going on in there. In that <laughs> <laughs> <Not> that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, how do I describe Outer Range without going into spoiler territory? So I'll start off with what I think is safe. It's okay. set in modern day North America in, I don't remember what, it's in Northwest America where rolling mountains and prairies, where there's an indigenous population 
and then there's the american the settlers who yep. became sort of the big ranchers and this particular region um is dominated by two major landholders there's the abbot and their neighbors who literally have been there since the land was settled as it's called so the, the ranch has been there for 150 odd years which yeah. is a long time in american and on one of this on the abbot land which is um owned by josh brolin and his family there's this mysterious basically it's just a hole but it's just not a normal hole because you can't see through it or down it it sort of has like an iridescent almost film about it but it's not liquid it's just like it just moves yeah so it's but it so it looks bottomless it's just this void you look into this void you don't see anything below it and things that get thrown into the hole have a habit of have it of reappearing but somewhere else Ooh. and not just sort of not just somewhere else physically but somewhere else in time as well oh. and so this hole is like a symbol of the fact that something strange is going on sort of temporarily in this this ranch and that things aren't quite what they seem and so you have a cast of characters and you're never quite sure basically where they stand in time or where they stand in reality everyone appears to be also perfectly normal but then every now and then you suddenly think there's something not right <laughs> and so it does play around with the idea of maybe time not necessarily being linear in this particular place and there's some strange events like basically there's a bison or an american north american buffalo yeah that has that keeps appearing at different points sort of symbolically at different points in the drama and it's noticeable about this particular bison is that it's got two arrows in its side and these arrows are obviously old they're fletched eagle feathers and they've got what looks like it's a, a flint arrowhead at the top of it and this bison with these two arrows sat in its side just randomly is like wandering the range and you're never quite sure if it's someone's been using it as target practice or whether this bison is somehow just out of time yeah and so the story take it that's the sort of the overarching thing it's like there's something going on in this ranch that we don't really quite know and then it does a bit we a bit more gets revealed as the drama gets on but basically um josh brolin's character is his name is abbott he lives with his wife his two sons and his granddaughter and his daughter-in-law mysteriously disappeared about a year before and everyone's been investigating her disappearance whether it's a missing person whether she was kidnapped or whether she's been murdered and they've hidden her body okay so that, there's this mystery that has been like plaguing the family so all of the members of the family are like in different ways reacting to this disappearance and they have a rivalry with the next door neighbor who's um will Patton is like the patriarch of that family and he's got like three really sort of weird sons <laughs> and without giving too many spoilers during the first episode one of those sons gets killed in a fight Oh, and this one event sends ripples through the rest of the series, as in either, you know, they because of the nature of the fight, oh. they conceal it, and then things become revealed that maybe should have kept secret. Okay, I've cracked it. I've cracked it, Sharon. The son who gets killed is the bison. <laughs> <laughs> the bison. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So 
it's okay. you, not it, it's not a story that you can just tell as linear because it's not it plays with time it plays with your comprehension it plays with different people turn up and you're not quite sure that you know they're significant but you don't know quite why okay. and then there's like a, the sheriff is a native american woman who's living with her female partner and her daughter who's investigating this this the death of one of the sons and again they're like almost like out of time but they're you never quite know what. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what, Sharon. Like this, this is turning out to be a much more interesting show than I thought it was because I saw because <laughs> I saw the poster and the poster or the banner rather on uh, the, and you saw Josh Brolin and it looks like oh Josh Brolin's doing his grizzled cowboy thing. It's kind of like and there's like this signal in the sky above him and you're like okay okay maybe they're mixing up a bit. But I thought this would be a lot more straightforward than you than you mentioned because even what you were saying. I was like, "What? You mean this was set in old times?" Because I didn't pick that up at all. But but then again, in the... modern day America, but it does. But there are there are links to obviously the past, and then you find out exactly what those links are, and later on in the show. But, okay. And people have said one of the characters who stalks the sheriff says, "You know, I came across a megalodon in a cave once," and they're like, "Go." We're thinking he's obviously delusional, but then as the thing goes on, you're thinking maybe he did see a megalodon. Possible <laughs> <laughs> because strange things do happen, and you see things. You're thinking because when you're watching it, you're not sure whether you're if that's re if what's real and what's not real and what's in time yeah. or you, yeah. you, so you leave you. That's one of its strengths, and it's what makes it quite confusing and frustrating as a viewer. Uh, okay, sometimes you just don't know what's going on, and you're thinking. There's a lot of rich symbolism here, and I'm probably not reading it as much as the filmmaker intended because I need to be. It's one of those things you probably need to go back and see if you picked up on any clues that you might have missed on the first viewing. All right. Okay, so two questions. Two questions. Yeah. Oh, no, rather, two things anyway. It's funny, but now, nowadays, whenever anybody says the word megalodon, I immediately imagine that in state, Jason Statham's voice. It's a megalodon. <laughs> Yeah. That's just, I'm the same. I'm the same. Wait, 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 said exactly. Megalodon. I was like, what? Jason? No, no. You did not say Jason Statham was in this. You just said the word Megalodon. That, that's it. Okay, number two, because it sounds like the kind of thing that we can't talk that much more about before ruining totally. Because what you said now has made me go, oh, maybe I should go see this. This is a lot more complicated than I thought it was going to be. A lot more interesting than I thought it was going to be. What did you think of it, and how many stars did you give it? Yes, yeah, I enjoyed it, but again, I feel like I, you need to quite co focus on it because I'm sure it's riddled with hints and clues that you just miss. Mm. And sometimes I got really quite frustrated with it, thinking, oh, 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 I can't get to grips with this. Um, but so it's, it was intriguing, certainly well made. Some of the characters are just completely off their tree. So <laughs> you don't know whether that... So there's lots going on. So you th and I thought it was going to be like a quite or like sort of Western science fiction type thing. It's not. There's much more to it than that. Okay. So I think I thought it was, it was really good, but frustratingly so. And in because it didn't answer all the questions by the end of it. So oh. the whole series ends and you're going, well, I still don't know what's going on oh. in certain aspects. Oh, right. so how, how many episodes are there? Sorry. Sorry? How many episodes eight. are there? Eight episodes. Eight so episodes. I'm, because it is so good, it's one of those ones I think you probably have to revisit. I would be inclined to go uh, give it a four. Okay. Because mm -hmm. I think it's strong, and I think it it's there are moments where you just go ah, but I think it probably as time goes on, 
I just hope they don't overdo it. And then, you know, with like season three and four, you suddenly go, oh, uh, you had all this promise. Yeah. You, you, you had me. You had me intrigued, but when you said they, they they don't resolve things by the end, I immediately saw Westworld, and, yeah. <laughs> and I remember Westworld the first season, watching that all the way through and going, oh yeah, yeah, that kind of works. That, that that's quite good. But I, I remember saying that if they don't resolve some things by the end of the first season and some pitching major things, if they don't answer these questions by the end of the first season of Westworld, I'm not coming back for a season two because yeah. it's going to be like lost. And sure enough, they didn't resolve those things by the end of season one, and I watched. Like the first two episodes of season two, I went, no, forget it. No, my life is too short. I've got other things to do. Uh, yeah, it does happen with it does happen when they try to over egg a series, yeah. doesn't it? Really, I was a Punisher. Yeah, I see. What you mean. Yeah, there were two big reveals, which are satisfying in that they answer a lot of questions, but then they set up a lot enough for the next season. So I'm hopeful that they can deliver. They've answered enough to so you're not going. But you never answered that, mate. So. One of the mysterious characters, you do know who they are by the end, which is like, yes, if they kept you dangling, it would have been like, you know what? So I would give a four, but I would say you can't, there is, but it's baffling and confusing and frustrating, but it is still very good. Okay, I might, I might just sort of like, I might, I might watch the first season and then just dump it because, because, that, <laughs> because you're beginning to say some things that are like, that, that are, that are, Essentially, you're beginning to say some things that have the same effect on me as if I say it, Sharon, it's animated. Uh. <laughs> you're beginning to say some things that, that, are, that are hitting some of my buttons that make me go, okay, no, no. All right, cool. But that's it. That's four stars for Outer Range on Amazon Prime. All right, cool. And so now we go back over to cinema. And because we usually give ourselves five minutes to review these films, but because everything everywhere all at once, when more than one of us sees it, it's difficult to do that in five minutes. So we've given that a little bit more time. But now we're going to try and do five minutes on each of these other things that we have to yeah, talk about. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, yeah. we can We can, we, we can. try, Sean. We can try. Well, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know me. <laughs> we can try. Okay, so now, Sean, at the cinema, you saw Firestarter. Now, this I is did see Firestarter, yes. Is, this is another... Um, another adaptation of a Stephen King story, which was done sometime in the eighties with Drew Barrymore in the in the in the lead role. As we were mentioning about, like you know, Drew Barrymore and talking about the fact that the picture. If anybody can see this online, you can see the picture that Sean has behind his head has not Drew Barrymore, but <laughs> just her doppelganger. Um, it's a bit like <laughs> Haley Bennett and how Haley Bennett and Jennifer Lawrence look really much alike but um, anyway um, so Firestarter tell us a little bit about this and tell us about um, what you how, thought how it was. okay well I did, I've, I've not seen believe it or not I've not seen the Drew Barrymore film so I, mm-hmm. I can't I can't really compare it to the Drew Barrymore film so I've, I've gone to see this as a sort of standalone movie um, basically it's a couple of as uh, uh, a couple of students, university students, that were experimented on, um, and so, and then they get together. They got married together, and they have someone. They have they have a daughter who's got some special gifts. And, oh, I mean, so, um, but it doesn't. The, the, the issue I had with it was suddenly the daughter. You you have flashbacks to this this sort of start of the relationship during while everything's going on and basically they've the the, the couple have tried to escape from this place that they're and they've taken, take, yeah they've taken the daughter with them and they've been on the run so basically they're on the run obviously oh yeah what's this place called it's called the shop so the shop basically where they they do experiments a bit 
Mm-hmm. You know, like we've seen in, in other other things before. Um, so Wolverine. Yeah, yeah, those that that, that, that type of thing. And there's an X Men one in there where they they go to a school and they get. But then, like, I, I sort of, and then you've got this girl. I guess I don't know if she's 11, 12, 13 maybe. Who's who's got these powers? But I was thinking, well, if you've been on the run, you know, with these powers, been trying to keep them down, keep. But the father's got because because they've got like other powers as well. So so the father and the mother have powers, and yeah, the, the father, mother have powers, and they have this daughter who's, who's got other powers. But it goes I'm, straight. I'm into guessing. The, I'm guessing from the title of the film, she has some sort of pyromaniac powers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like she's a bit like powers. she's a bit like the human torch, I guess, or the pyro in the X Men. Oh yeah, three runs, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so if you can do that sort of stuff and. You know, melt people and what have you. Anyway, basically, they find out some, something happens, and they find out, and the, the mum and dad get captured, and the girl runs off um, through psychic phenomenon and other stuff. She manages to find out, and then there's this other character in it who can sort of is a bit teleconnected. Says, "Oh, she's coming! She's coming! She's coming!" Yeah. Um, and it goes into pretty s- standard fare, shall I say? Um, yeah. But. I have to say, I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it. The really, in fact, it just the main issue was what happened to the period between when she was a baby. There is a little bit with the baby that you see, but that's it. It's the baby, and then it's the the, the adolescent, you know, the all the the, so, the is, teenager thing. So, so all you're, that you're, time, you're saying that there's there's stuff you would have figured out in that time. Yeah, that it doesn't make sense that you've got to this stage and you still don't know. That's it. And anyway, so so as it goes and it sort of ends, the ending let me down a little bit because, again, we talk about these consistency film things, don't we? Where we say, like, everything all through them, everything goes sort of sorts, starts off this. You say, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, okay. And then it's like, that's not consistent with what would happen. That's not what would happen. There's no way that would possibly happen. Why oh, would, oh. all the way through this movie, you've got this thing, this conflict, and it's like, what what so anyway yeah but i have to say back to it i know we're short on five minutes i have to say i did quite enjoy it i quite enjoyed the action thing i mean and what was really interesting was the theme music it was like and it was i thought god 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 who's that i recognize that and it was john carpenter john carpenter yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 so i saw john carpenter did so that that sort of cheered me up a little bit because i'm a big big john carpenter <laughs> fan um so, and he, I mean, he did a Stephen King adaption, didn't he? Christine, which gets panned as one of his Christine about the car, the 1958 Jury. And I yeah. really enjoyed that, but a lot of people didn't like that. And I got a feeling this is going to be the same same thing. People may not like this, but I I, I didn't mind it. I quite enjoyed it. And okay, okay. So other people don't matter, Sean. We don't care about them. We care no, about you. No, that's it. And we we care about you, and we care about what you <laughs> thought. That's so. So yeah, so what did you think? What did you Well think? I had enough in it to enjoy it. I mean maybe my expectations were very low when I went to see it. But on the whole, I really enjoyed it, so it gets a solid three for me. i will give this one a three. Oh it gives one a three. Which And it was yeah, because of the start and of the end, I had those I had those issues again. <laughs> With well, like well, the consistency in movies. Well well the the truth is I wasn't expecting anything more than that from this <laughs> I wasn't expecting anything more than that, and I've got to be—I'm kind of surprised that they've made this film. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, I'm like, why this film? Why, why? Of all the Stephen King stories, of all the ones that've been made before, why did you? How did you land on this? How did you land on this and say mm-hmm. okay, we're going to do this one again? I just 
But they did it with Pet Cemetery, didn't they? They did it with Pet Cemetery. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, it it makes sense because it's there's people who are still having nightmares about that. So, so it it I could understand why they did that. And but within but Fire started, they've made it and they but they've given it a big kind of like we're back in cinemas. Ah, come watch this thing. And and it's it's not like um let's say like a Stephen King adaptation like Gerald's Game. Which they made, but was on Netflix, which is a very good film. But anyway, okay. I've been told off. Uh, uh, we we know I have been told off on YouTube for reviewing other films in the review of another film. So <laughs> this is about Firestarter. That's what we're talking about. So three stars for Firestarter. Yes. And now we go over back to Netflix for a film that sounds, in concept, very similar to what you just spoke about. So this is a film called Freaks. And a couple of weeks ago, I reviewed a film called Oxygen. And that was because I've seen a What Culture, a What Culture list on 10 awesome sci-fi movies that you've never watched. And Oxygen was on that, and I watched that. And Freaks was also on that, and I watched that, and I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, let's let's see, where the, see if it keeps going. So this also has a young girl in it. This also has a young girl who has parents who have like... And, and when, when the film starts, uh, who have parents who go on the run, who <laughs> who have some sort of like powers or anything like that. This this has all those things in it. And when the film starts, you see this girl with her dad and they live in this dilapidated old house. Like, you know, there's holes in the ceiling and all that sort of stuff. And he just sort of like keeps, he she's like saying, oh, can we go outside? Can we go outside? He's like, no, we can't go outside. The bad people are outside. You can't go outside. The girl's about seven years old and she can't go. And the, the father is played by Emil Hirsch. And he's like, you can't go outside. Um, and don't. Uh, he keeps saying things like, look, I can only protect you when I'm awake. When I'm not awake. And whatever happens, like all the windows are, they're not boarded up, but they have like newspaper taped over them. And there's things on the news. Like once you're on the news, the news is like, remember to report these people. If you see these people, report them. And then there's like this logo and they say, look in their eyes, look in their eyes. If you look in their eyes, you'll be able to know. Report these people. And he's like, the bad people are outside. And so this film for a while makes you, it gives you a real case of what is going on. Why is he so afraid of her going outside? Is he actually a bad person who's just keeping her inside for his own purposes? And then there's this whole thing about ice cream. An ice cream van shows up at the front door, and she really, really wants to go and get ice cream. She, she really, really wants to go and get. He's like, no, we can't get ice cream. We can't get ice cream. And so, and he keeps telling her stories about how. Okay, remember, if anybody asks you, this is not your name. Your name is this. This is what's going on. Blah blah blah. That person across the road, that's going to be your mum. That person across the road, that's going to be your. Uh, is going to be your sister. And she's like, and so once she sees her sister going and get an ice cream, and she's like. She just starts saying, bring me an ice cream, bring me an ice cream, please bring me an ice cream, please bring me an ice cream. And then the person who she's been told is a sister just turns around, looks at her, and then just sort of like walks towards her to give her the ice cream at the front door. And her dad is like, what did you do? Yeah, I told you never to open the door and all that kind of stuff. And so and then she's asleep at night and she wakes up and she goes to her closet, opens up the closet and there's something else. There's like her closet changes. So there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. And I feel like if you watch the film, the film does a very good job of giving this thing out to you like what's going on i think it's not a spoiler to say that there's people in this film with powers but i feel like this film is if, if you didn't have a whole bunch of money if you didn't have a marvel sized budget to make a film about people with powers this is a brilliant way to do it it's kind of ground level it's ground level it talks about this one person thing and the one fam one father and daughter and how they're trying to live in a world that doesn't particularly want them 
I thought it was I thought it was really 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 well done. The only gripe I had with it, and it is a bit of a major gripe, is have you seen The Incredibles? Yes. You know how in The Incredibles you have Jack Jack, the yeah. kid, the Jack yeah. Jack Jack. And yeah, you know yeah, how yeah. there's a whole joke about the fact that Jack Jack's powers aren't really defined because they don't really know because he's like a kid and he has all it. And in The Incredibles yeah. they make a joke of it, but in this film. The, the girl, the special gift that this girl has that everybody is going for, it seems to keep changing. And it seems to be that, oh, we need this to happen in the story at this point in time. It would be really, really helpful to have this. Guess what? She has that power. Okay, now we need this. this guess what? She can do something with that as well. <laughs> and I, I was just kind of like, and so I was watching it going, I'm really enjoying this, but what exactly is her power? what exactly can she do because it seems it's just anything that can sort out the problem you had in the script <laughs> so but um but for a large time for a large time it's really good it has it has a good cast but you can see that it's like an indie movie that just happened to get some it has bruce dern bruce dern shows up in it he has Emma uh, Hirsch, as i said before oh, wow. There's a there's an actress called Grace Park who shows up as well who I, uh, who I think is really really good. She was in Battlestar Galactica, and uh, but it also has a whole bunch of people that you've probably never heard of before. And it and it's a kind of film that if they told you it was filmed in Australia or in Canada or something, you'd be like, yeah, I totally see that, <laughs> because I can see that they didn't have a a, a budget, but the, the way in which they used the budget that they have, I thought was kind of almost was pretty genius and i and i really really liked it so i would give it a four even though i have a problem in that it it it, it just has this you know when it's i remember when we saw the the film with will smith where he was fighting himself he's fighting his younger self the gemini man that was it that was it. the gemini man i remember when we saw the gemini man and we were talking about the fact that um we're talking about the fact that in the gemini man anytime they had a problem Benedict Wong would show up we need to fly to Colombia I have a plane we need to go underwater I have a submarine we need to go to space I've got a space shuttle <laughs> kind of thing and it, this film does have a little bit of that kind of thing where it just seems like things were changing just to sort of like sort, sort of problems that were in the script but um, I would give it a 4 I think I said yeah I'll give it a 4 yeah we, but it, it would probably be It'll probably be higher if it wasn't for that problem. If it wasn't for that problem. But anyway, that was Freaks on Netflix. I would recommend watching it. I'd actually like to see what you think about it. Um, uh, yeah, I think both of you would enjoy it. But now we go back to cinema and we see the film. We talk about the film that Sharon, you saw. And this was Father Stew. Yes. So tell us about Father Stew. Father Stew is a biopic based on a, a real gentleman. It's a... Someone I'd never heard of before. Um, name his name is Stuart Long, and this is a gentleman in the I believe it's sort of like late sixties, early seventies. It's set. He was an amateur boxer who then decided when his boxing career ended that he was going to move to California to become an actor. And he was working in a supermarket, and then he saw this beautiful young woman, and in pursuit of her, he found out that she was a member of the local catholic church and that in order to sort of ingratiate himself with this woman he decided to start going to this church and the film progresses and basically he has a, a life crisis um this traumatic event and instead of just sort of playing lip service to the church in order to get closer to this this lady he fancies he actually has this sort of epiphany 
and decides that at the age of sort of 40 something a man who's never sort of basically had a regular job or he'd been in out of trouble he was a drinker he had all sorts of myriad problems he decides he's actually going to become a catholic priest <laughs> and then other events happen and there's all sorts of crises in his life but ultimately basically he does become a catholic priest and to to, to the amazement of everyone who'd ever known him basically <laughs> and he then becomes this enormously popular parish priest um for the rest of his of his life and so that's it in a nutshell it's a very simple biopic where you follow him through this journey from boxer to um clergy and he is played by Mark Wahlberg yep. and his sort of dysfunctional estranged father is played by Mal Gibson and there are other various other actors who sort of feature in his life I can't in. remember the name of his mother like the actors who played his mother but again someone you'd know you certainly know her when you saw her but it, her name has escaped me momentarily oh Jackie Weaver is it Jackie Weaver it is Jackie Weaver <laughs> Yeah, it's a, a Jackie Weaver. It is yeah. Jackie Weaver. All right, cool. Yeah, because not, yeah, not the counselor Jackie Weaver, but the actress. <laughs> yeah, she 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 does. She has she has um she has previous playing his mum, I think. Yes, because I know um, Mal Gibson has played Mark Wahlberg's dad before on Daddy's play. Home. Yeah, Daddy's Home too. Daddy's Home. Yeah. So <laughs> then he has a look about him, and you can see how it goes. So yes, it's basically a biopic. I mean, I think if I'd been. I don't know if he was enormous. There must have been a book about him. I'm not something about him, but because I basically I, I couldn't really see the point of the film, to be honest with you. Yeah. Because I thought, in terms of like biopics go, it was like it was all right, <laughs> but but I couldn't understand why it was at the cinema. You know how you're watching it thinking, <laughs> yeah. it's like <laughs> I was expecting something to be. <laughs> I was expecting something more. I mean, it's like this. It was a. I mean, I've read Christian bi biographies like this, but I thought you know, I've never expected to see them on film because I was watching it thinking, who exactly is this film for? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit too sweary for, you know, your sort of the Christian audience. Unless, and I thought it's very Catholic. So is it like, is it for Catholic people to watch? <laughs> and so I, I, I thought it was all right. But I was a little bit puzzled by it, really. I was just a little bit left. It was two hours long. It's far too long. I mean, it needs yeah. to be at least half an hour or forty-five minutes shorter. And I was. I mean, for, yeah, for me, I was going to say I couldn't. I, I couldn't see Mark Wahlberg in the role. And when I watched the trailer, I just, it just, it just didn't interest me. <laughs> I mean, it's fine because I hadn't seen the trailer. I just saw what was on, and there was two things I hadn't seen. I hadn't seen Fast After, and I hadn't seen Father Stew. And I was going to go see it with a friend, and she didn't want to see Father Stew. I said, "Well, I'll go see that." Then we'll see fast off together. Um, so I literally just watched it without having known anything about it. But yeah, it just left me really quite puzzled um, because I just thought, <laughs> why is this at the cinema? <laughs> why is this not on the God Channel with the <laughs> with the swear word bleeped out? Because I just <laughs> I, I, yeah, it left me a bit. It left me a little bit cold, I have to say, because yeah. I normally like you know sort of films of like sort of, you know, Christian, you know. Epiphanies and conversion stories. I'm like, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I would, to me, I just, I just struggled really to get to get it because I thought it is just a straightforward like biography of you know I wasn't very nice. Um, I was a little bit you know a little bit bad boy. Now I'm a priest and I'm not that anymore. Um, 
Ta da! <laughs> oh, I'm now this great, and everyone loves me. I thought, am oh, I missing something? So I was a bit puzzled by it. I left me a bit, bit cold when I thought it probably wouldn't do. I didn't feel particularly moved by it. I have no desire really to find out more about him because it didn't even intrigue me enough to go, oh, I'll find out who this man really was. Yeah. So, so I would basically give it a two and say, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> but it oh. left me a bit, it was like, it's okay. <laughs> but nothing, nothing special. So that's a two for five this due. Okay. Uh, ooh, look at that. A two for five this due. But it's uh, but uh, there was a couple of things I just wanted to say. Oh, first of all, when you were talking about him and seeing this lady that I'm going to, I just thought the fl the phrase "flirt to convert" came around my head, yeah. <laughs> which, is, which in Christian circles was actually a thing. Flirts to convert. It was a thing. Yeah. It was a thing. It was a thing. And I'll leave you to fill in the gaps to figure out what that means. But essentially as i said i saw the trailer for this and pretty much all th this felt like as you said it felt like um a it, it felt like as you said a god channel movie because we've spoken every now and then we do talk about like you know christian cinema and how there was this, there was this boom of making christian cinema in america but they usually don't have like you know big name stars in them it has no, usually right. usually it stars or oh, that guy who was in growing growing pains cameron something or something, Cameron. Yeah, can't, can't remember his name, but it, but it, it stars it stars him and it was, and it, it was this sort of like small niche or Kevin Sorbo shows up in one. I actually yeah. Yeah, he shows up in God's <laughs> Not Dead, and and it's and so this film when it, I was like this is Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg is still a bona fide star, but he sees like it seems like this is one of those films that doesn't really have incidents, doesn't really have a story, and doesn't and the trailer tells you everything it's, i was going to say from the trailer he looks absolutely uselessly awful i mean mark Wahlberg, he's, he's a bit hot and cold for me you know he's been in some good yeah. stuff he's been in some, but he looks absolutely pants in this so i, I mean uh, just, yeah i don't normally do that i will go and see a lot of things but from that trailer i just thought there's no way i'm watching this movie yeah and, and but i have to i have to tell you though that the the and we, we're going to talk about, we're going to have a little bit of a, of, of, of a feedback on on one of these other films. Because recently, I've been having like, you know, my whole thing of saying, well, I am i don't have a similar Cineworld Unlimited card anymore. So I can't just sort of go to the cinema on a whim and go, okay, oh yeah, whatever. Yeah. It just took two hours of my life. I'm like, no, no, two hours of my life means a lot. Two, <laughs> of my, two hours of my life is worth a lot more than it was before the pandemic. So it's so, and also it's going to take my money. So so I can't I can't really do that anymore. But I remember watching this and just sort of going, no, not seeing that. And your review <laughs> has made me think, it it essentially the reviews we've had recently are not doing anything for my prejudices because there's some films I've thought not gonna watch it because it's gonna be crap. And I like it when my prejudices get challenged and I turn out to be wrong <laughs> because then that that does that means I can't just walk through life thinking of what's in my head. But what you said about Father Stu just now it is reinforcing my prejudices. I think there was something that we spoke about last week that reinforced my prejudices as well. I thought I think oh no it was two weeks ago it was Dumbledore and and Sean is gonna give us a little bit of a feedback about Morbius where I, I kinda don't care whether you're enforcing my prejudices or not. I'm pretty sure I'm right. But <laughs> but before we do that, before you give us a little bit of feedback on Morbius, we're gonna get to Without Remorse. Sean, this is Without Remorse on Amazon Prime, starring Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about this is and this is a Tom Clancy adaptation, that much I know. That it's set in the sort of Jack Ryan universe, but this is another character who's usually 
Jack Ryan does all the thinking. This guy does all the shooting, pretty much. So tell us about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much, pretty much. Well, okay, this movie is is pretty standard Cold War fare. You know, we don't we don't want a war with the Russians, or we do want a war with the Russians. Oh, topical. Some people do, and some people don't. And you know, it's all like, where does this go? So basically, the the plot is. Um, you got this Navy SEAL that was was part of a group that starts off with like an, and slowly these the the people that are in his group are getting killed off, and then you get some like government CIA agents and what have you, and then and he's got a wife, Michael B. Jordan. He's got he's got his wife, and some Russian agents come in, and they're the ones that are bumping off these Navy SEALs, and yep. it just so happens that he you know you know. Well, it's not going to be really spoiled, I think. No, 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 come on, Sean, Sean, it's an action movie. Yeah, this it's an action needs, movie. So, this so guy needs an, ex- he needs an excuse. Killed. He needs an excuse to go out there and kill a whole bunch yeah, of people. So, so I, gets, I, I, what, the second you said he has a wife, I was thinking, oh yeah, she's not here. She's yeah, not. Yeah. She's not long for this world. So it's it's it's, it's quite brutal in that respect. It's got some brutal moments in it, um, and the action is pretty standard fare. Uh, I did like the way he was without remorse and he did some he was he was pretty nasty how he went about getting stuff reminded me a little bit of um man on uh, fire liam the liam nielsen film where he does oh, taken. To get information taken that's it um but anyway he ends up it's like the government thing the cia get involved and uh, they, they, they have to do this mission to russia but of course they can't they can't be seen to be doing this mission in russia because if they get killed on russian soil or whatever the russians and we're gonna have the, the war and of yeah. course, you've got you've got these people, uh, you know, playing different roles. And you know, you think, yes, I know you're the bad guy at the moment, but I know where this is going. You're actually the good guy, but oh. the bad guy. Do you know what oh. I mean? And, and it's like, I, I know exactly what you mean. It's a bit like they're going to be, and they're playing the part of like, you know, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's the villain. He's the villain. And you think. <laughs> Well, you know what? He's not the villain, even though he's he's playing it. Like, it's it's like is it is it a bit like Pedro Pascal in the Equalizer too? Equally, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when it gets to the point where you're like, they're like, ta-da! You're like, yeah, this was obvious from the first second he showed. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that's basically it. it's an action. It's an it's an action movie, and the action's fairly good. You've got you know, like there's some good action pieces, but it's silly. It's silly that. And they wouldn't do those things even to be, you know, that again, that, that's my issues with the stuff is I don't think, I just don't think governments would be that silly to try and do it, even if they did want to, to start a conflict or not start a conflict or whatever. It's just like, you just wouldn't do that. That is just so super, super, super risky. It that's just like it, the most riskiest thing you are. You know, you're going to, the it, chances it, of success must be minimal and yet you're still going to go ahead with it, you know, and then, and of course, it's all it's all it's all good in the end. You know? it, it ruins the credibility for you. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So it's predictable. They, they, they try to put in red herrings, which uh, uh, basically you can tell they're red herrings from the start. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's not I, know, like I know exactly what like, you mean. It's not like subtle ones. It's just like, oh no. It, 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 exactly know? what you mean is you're like, good, look, good look, cop, bad cop sort of thing. You know, you're like, so, you're like um, this. This isn't 1981 anymore, all right? We've seen yeah. a lot of films. We know how these things go. <laughs> it's like, oh, this guy, he's a Navy SEAL. He has a wife. Oh, God, we know what's going to happen here. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, it was, it was something that, you know, you could put on and just do other things. You know what I mean? You could sort of leave yeah. it on in the background and think, oh, that's right. I just sort of pop your so, head up. And... 
So is the film actually set in the 90s? Uh, I don't actually know. I couldn't actually work it out. Um, okay. Yeah, let's, I think, let's, I think let's, the 90s. It must be 90s, really. Uh, yeah, there, 90s. There, think, does yeah. anybody in this room have a smartphone? That's a telltale sign. If they have a smartphone, <laughs> it's not the 90s. Do you know what, Tozin? I, I can't honestly remember. <laughs> I can't honestly remember. Okay, because because when you talk about cold wine, I know that because it's Tom Clancy, he was writing all these things during yeah. the 80s and the 90s and all that. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm trying to figure out if they tried to update it or if they just left it as a time capsule, time period piece. All right, cool. So how many stars? I, I, I didn't really notice it. It wasn't wasn't that engrossing, if you know what I mean. It's, uh, <laughs> it was pretty standard fare when it's like, okay, okay. Sean, yeah. Sean is like, I was doing something else in the background. I, 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 I was making my dinner. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so uh, how many stars would you give it? Two. Two stars. Two stars. Two stars. For... But Michael B. Jordan... I, I quite liked him. I did. I quite liked him. I think. I think that is Michael B. Jordan. He has shown in the last couple of years. I mean, I would say since Creed, since Creed, mm. he's shown that like if he can carry, he can carry an action thing. You give him something action, no problem. He can carry it. And then he cemented that with Black Panther. And you're like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I this guy can believably kick people's butts. That's the thing. You 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 believe him in that. So he he's he's kind of like that, almost like a sort of modern action hero. So two stars for without remorse. So we have come to the point where we have to figure out who won this week, and then we will go from a little bit of a feedback on some of the other films that you guys are talking about. So who do you think won this week, Netflix or cinema? Uh, I think it'd be Netflix hand down, hands down, really. My, that's my feeling. Yep. Yes, I think, yeah, streaming. Big, streaming. Big and you would both be correct. Streaming has one because we've had on streaming two fours and a two, and at cinemas, two threes and a two. So that's, so that's it. Okay, so now we're going to talk about um, just a little. There's a couple of things that. Uh, Sean, you went to see Morbius. We want to I hear a little bit about Morbius that. I did go to see Morbius because everybody was saying nobody wanted to see it. And none, of, none of us were going to see it, Morbius. Yeah. And we knew that we needed the professional. We needed the grown-up in the room, <laughs> which is Sean, saying, I don't, I don't care if I'm going to enjoy this film. It's a film. I'm going to watch it. So, <laughs> so, so we had that. So we want to hear about that. And also, Sharon, you said there was something else you saw at home that, uh, that we, we won't have a quick... Yeah, last letter from your love. We want to have a quick thing about that. And, all, and I just wanted to mention... Everything, everywhere, all at once. If you are intrigued and you want to go see The Madness, it is not actually, ironically, everything, everywhere, and all at once is not on everything, it's not on everywhere, all at once. <laughs> it is. It seems like this is a very limited release because I'm, I'm going to guess that it's not in the cinema on the Isle of Wight. No. I'm going to guess that, Sean, you have to see that in Bournemouth. Because, yes, yeah, I saw that in Bournemouth, yes. Because I live between two big cities, Birmingham and Worcester, I had to either travel into Birmingham, I had to drive for half an hour to watch this film. And, and this is the thing that I had to pay £12.99 to watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, £12.99 to watch it. Because this film is not, around, is not on everywhere. No. You might have to travel a while to actually see it. I'm, I'm, I think, I'm thinking they might be trying to do like a small release and then a bigger release later. But anyway, enough of that. And let's go. Um... Okay, let's go with Last Letter from Your Lover. A minute on Last Letter from Your Lover, Sharon. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, based on a book by Jojo Moyes. It's a journalist, modern day, Felicity Jones. Um, comes across when she's invest doing a, 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 an investigative piece for her magazine that she writes for. Come, comes across a letter written in the 1960s that basically 
um, intrigued her enough to look in to investigate it, and which led to other letters, which basically you see these two stories told in parallel, this love affair between a married woman and an unmarried man in the 1960s, and then her modern day counterpart, basically, who's looking into that old romance and then evaluating her own life and her own romantic choices. And so um, they did 60s romantic is played by Shailene Woodley and the modern is Lucy Jones. So you see these two parallel lives and, you know, the choices people make, how they determine whether you live a life, you know, happiness or with a life of misery, basically, to, to boil it down to its most simplistic terms. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. I like these dual, dual timeline sort of dramas. I think they're, mm -hmm. they're quite entertaining. They keep you gripped because you swap between the two and each sort of scene that unfolds, like a chapter unfolds, as has in the book, gives you a little bit more information and then sort of changes your perspective slightly. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good watch. Um, definite three star. Um, I enjoyed it. Yeah, definitely worth an afternoon watching that at home. With. Yeah, that, that's one but of those films. Sorry, sorry, Karen. I would say feet up for me. It'd be like a glass of milk and a couple of biscuits, and I'm in my happy. I remember when this film was released, and this is one of those films where you, you mentioned the title. And I'm like, hang on, that rings a bell. They said Felicity, you say Felicity Jones, and I was like, oh yeah, I remember when that came out. Well, I was never going to watch it. <laughs> and there's like I'll probably catch it on like essential as you said feet up kind of thing alright cool so a good three star for that and now yeah. next week Holly is going to be back and Holly is the one that said that she wants to know she wants to hear about Morbius so Sean give us a quick blast about Morbius because I think we're going to talk about it more next week okay the quick quick blast about Morbius so everybody I, I, all, I, all I want to know is that I was right in not seeing this one okay <laughs> well everybody slated this film they hammered this film it was really really bad I thought well, normally when people do that, I don't mind it too much. It was like The Phantom Menace. I didn't mind that too much. I thought, oh, okay, so I reckon this is going to be all right. But, <laughs> but, but it wasn't. It was, it was just like, oh, my goodness me. That was awful. Yeah, it was just like not interesting. I had no empathy, no sympathy with the character. I had absolutely nothing going. It was dull. He was dull. You had, I suppose, a saving grace was you had Matt Smith. Hmm? Thank you, Sean, for taking one for the team. Yeah, that's it. You, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, are yeah. the grown up. You are and the grown up I, around here. <laughs> I, I must say that the, the character that Matt Smith played was much, much more interesting. All right, he was totally, totally hamming it, hamming it yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really over the top. But I, I don't think he was taking it seriously. But um, yeah, seriously, seriously bad movie, right? And I, I really, I, I went thinking. I'm gonna, I'm gonna like this film. I know I'm gonna like this film. Everybody hates it, and then I can go on and I can tell the guys, no, nah, it's not that bad. No, it's not that bad. And you know what? It is that bad. It's, it's, I love it's the fact. Awful, dull, boring, and a load I, of rubbish. I love the fact. I would give it. Oh, I'm lucky. I suppose. Matt Smith's saving grace, it'd be two stars. But, um, I, I love the way Sean is essentially just said, I went in there with my expectations on the floor and this film limboed under them. It limboed right <laughs> So yeah, awful movie. Oh, uh, okay, you see, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about my prejudices. This is not helping my prejudices one bit <laughs> because I'm thinking, yeah, I was right. I thought it was going to be crap. And look, it was crap. <laughs> so, it's, oh, so anyway... <laughs> Yeah, sure, there's yeah. one. The, the end credit. The end credit. Yeah, the end, end credit. The end credit is quite interesting. Not good, but it's like, 
no, nah, but the, the you know the credits at the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah. The, the credit. Uh, uh, no, the thing is, like, I, I care so little about this film that I went and I looked <laughs> up exactly what happens in the end credits. Well, and essentially, this is this is the problem because Sony are trying so hard, yes. so hard to take all the characters that are related to Spider-Man and they're trying to make this cinema work and they're trying to tie it to Marvel. The fact that on the poster of Morbius it says a new Marvel legend is born is, for me, so distasteful, so dishonest because this is not a Marvel film, but they're trying so hard to tie it to Marvel because they're just hoping to grab some of that money. And it makes everything that Sony does with superheroes just makes me hate it because it's cynical, it's horrible. And when I read up about these these end credits things, they make zero sense. Yes. They make zero sense. Zero they, sense. They're trying to tie this thing to the Marvel Universe and it makes no sense. Nice. Zero sense. As, it's just work. them trying to put something together and go, oh, will this work? Okay, cool. Maybe people will give us more money now. And I hate it. <laughs> I hate that thing. I hate even Doctor Strange and the Multiverse's Madness. As, as many problems as I had with that, they're still trying to build a world. Yes, they're yes. still trying to have some integrity in their story, in their storytelling. They're still trying to make this thing coherent. And Sony are just a bunch of money grabbing idiots who are trying <laughs> yeah, to do whatever it is. They have no clue. Number one, no, what what's going to make people give them their money? But they're trying to do whatever it is to get people to give them their money. And I do not like it. And Sony. Sony's stuff with Sony need to do the right thing. They need to do the decent thing, and they need to let Marvel have their characters back. Yeah, because... they should do. They should do. Really, they should totally. Yeah, uh, they're not, because... I don't think they're going to. They're going to keep hoping, aren't they? They're going to they're keep... Gonna keep hoping, and they're going to keep saying that how much money they can make because Venom, even though Venom was yeah, it still made enough money for them to make a second one. And so, because they don't care about storytelling, they care about money. No. And it's it, it and it's it's depressing. It's depressing. And on that cherry cherry note, I think <laughs> until next week when I have no no clue what will be in cinemas, it's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me. Thank you for staying or staying with us until this ranty ranty end. <laughs>